0: Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. You guys feeling good? Awesome. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get to work this morning to open up the Word of God. So if you have your Bible, turn to the book of John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Um, I wanted to tell you a story. I mean, who here has like older siblings, older siblings, older siblings? I have three older brothers. I'm sure you've heard, uh, the stories that I've told. I'm the youngest of four brothers. I was, uh, the, my brother above me was six years older, is six years older. And I always wanted to kind <clears> of <throat> compete and, and to, to, To kind of be in the room and you know light the campfire and it's like no you know you're the little one just go away, and um, my my the brother above me Zach um, which he's he's in the room he's in the back um, he and I would love to watch Rocky Balboa, (laughs) and uh, I know there's like um, who's that guy right now that says like pick up the logs gosh I'm running David Goggins like men love David Goggins but did you know that. David Goggin's inspiration was Rocky Balboa, and um, he talks about that. So I, I, I had this, this many moments where my brother and I would watch the Rocky movies, and then we would want to fight, you know, and put on our gloves, and Zach was always Ivan Drago, and I was always Rocky Balboa. And um, <clears throat> I learned a lot from, from the Rocky series, and just from Sylvester Stallone, and how he wrote that story. And one of the things that I I caught really quickly is this understanding as a human that we will fall, that we will trip up, that we will mess up, that there will be moments in our lives where we feel like we don't even deserve to be in the ring. And... the story of rocky if you if you watch rocky 1 is he's just like a guy that wants to make a name for himself and he's just passionate and he's driven and so he's wanting to you know take care of his family and and um and then there's this this man Apollo Creed right who rocky gets an opportunity to go in the ring with the world champion of the world right and so it's this one liner like a million to one shot that Rocky gets. And so long story short, he gets in the ring with Apollo Creed. And you know what he says? He says, I just want, I know I might not beat him. I probably won't. He's bigger, he's badder, he's stronger, he's faster, but I just wanna go the distance. I'm just gonna go the distance. I'm gonna go all rounds with him. And that will be what I do. And it reminds me, like, for some of us, for all of us, if we don't have this mentality or this mindset, that you have to be willing to go the distance for your family, right? For the people, maybe if you're a leader, maybe if you hold spaces in your job as people looking to you, well, you have to be willing to, to carry the weight of the burden of a, what a leader is. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, right? With whatever space that you're in, if you're a mom in the room, you are a leader, if you're an older sister in the room, you are if you just are a human being, somebody is looking at you and watching you. And Rocky teaches, he taught me, you just gotta go the distance. And then Rocky too comes around because it was sort of it wasn't a draw. You know, they both fall and they're trying to get back up. And Rocky's trying to get up. And um, and then it was kind of like a draw. They both stood up, but Apollo Creed ended up beating him. And uh it was just by a couple points and so then they they did another movie right they they went back in the ring and this time rocky he ends up beating him and it just reminds me about life and how we have to just get up when life hits you because my friend it will and if there's people in the room all different ages right the 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 gray haired Wisdom-filled men and women in the room can tell you over and over and over again that life is hard. It comes with suffering. It comes with difficulty. And so when we fall down, we have to get up. So I want to talk to you today about what it means to just get up, to stand up, to, to stop laying low, to stop laying and just be passive and become kind of like a victim and, you know, woe is me and I'll never get out of this and nothing will ever happen in my life. And so I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, Jesus has something to say about that. So if you turn with me to John chapter 5, starting at verse 1, it says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is, in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And in your Bible, if you're reading it, there's a verse 4 in there that isn't read, but it's it says this, from time, Because in a lot of manuscripts, they didn't have this verse. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters, as at least they thought. There was something going on underneath the, the water, and, um, and water sometimes would bubble up. And so they were so mysterious in this time that they thought it was an angel. When the angel stirs up the water, if we get inside the water, we'll get healed, these disabled people would say. One who was there had been an invalid... For 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Interesting question. A paralyzed man, a man that could not get up and walk for himself, Jesus asks, Do you want to, like, of course he wants to get well, Jesus, why are you asking that? Do you want to get well? Sir, He replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place was Sabbath, which is a side note. We don't have enough time to go into it. But remember, you don't work or do anything or perform miracles even On the day of Sabbath and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed it is the Sabbath the law forbids you to carry your mat but he replied the man who made me well said to me pick up your mat and walk so they asked him who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk the man who was healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there which is again another side note: Jesus doesn't need your applaud He's not looking to make a name for himself. He's just looking to do the work of the Father. And he's completely okay with doing it in the shadows. He's completely okay with doing it where no one can see. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray, Father, that you would open up our mind, our heart, our eyes to all of the things that you want to reveal to us right now in this moment. I speak against any lies of the enemy, Father. I speak against the devil himself over our family, over our lives, over us as leaders. I pray, God, for every person in this room that you would do something incredibly powerful in them, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So paralysis is like a real thing, paralysis, where you, um, you get frightened or you, you get so terrified that you get stuck. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Um, when I was younger, I was probably about 10 years old. Long story short, I had a wild encounter with like something evil and demonic, and um, I was just laying in my bed, and I felt something touch me, and I turned over. I was like young, and I turned over, and it was some type of entity kind of floating above me, and it just went right through the, the, the wall. And I literally was paralyzed. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe not like in that way, but I couldn't move. Like I literally couldn't. My mom taught me whenever something weird like that happens, say, I bleed the blood of Jesus, or I plead the blood of Jesus, right, or just say Jesus. So I was saying it in my head. I, could, I was so terrified I couldn't even open my mouth. And so I experienced just for a moment this, 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 this paralysis, this, this shock, this still, this, this, and I couldn't move. And for some of us, it can happen where you just get so thrown off that you're literally stuck and you can't move and you can't go forward. You can't even process or think. And then when you do, it's so emotional that you just make a mess of yourself. I just believe that we're living in a day and age where it might not be physical paralysis, but you might be spiritually stuck. Maybe you are physically stuck. Maybe you're emotionally stuck. Maybe there's things in your life that have held you back for so long that you're not realizing that it is a form of paralysis. And you just can't get up. You can't go the distance. You can't even think about tomorrow because you're so afraid of what could happen. You can't even dream because you're so broken by the past. And maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your singleness. Maybe it's in your job or your career or whatever you feel like is the future. Maybe it's in your motherhood. Maybe as a father. Whatever it is, there's a paralysis, and I just want to let the enemy know that ends today. That should end today in your life and in your family's life and every person that encounters you, you will no longer be stuck in the old. So you have to be willing though to go the distance. Are you conditioned to go the distance? Because oftentimes when we're in a war and when we're in a battle, if you can't get through, that means you didn't train hard enough. But sometimes it's not just your physical strength, it's more. It's your heart. That's what I love about Rocky, is his heart. I, the tiger, right? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. My favorite, my favorite for the record, is Rocky Three, where he fights uh, Mr. T. You know Mr. T? If you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. You've missed your whole childhood if you haven't seen the Rocky series. So Rocky teaches us just in the story. I know it's like, come on, Sam, you're talking about Rocky. No, there's something powerful about this. Like, when are you going to get up? When are you going to stop playing it safe? When are you going to risk? And move forward. What is it that's holding you back? And ask yourself. Ask God to reveal that to you. Why do I feel stuck? Why don't I move forward? What what is it inside of me? Are there insecurities? Is there a wound? Is there something that's happened? Am I just afraid to move forward because I'm afraid of what people might think of me or say of me? And what the enemy wants to do is to lie to you enough so that you are just stuck you're laying on your mat and you can't move sometimes you can't even breathe well Jesus has something to say about that you know what he tells us man do you want to get well I've learned uh in in so which by the way can we put up the uh the definition of paralysis I just had to just throw it up on the screen so we all knew As a noun, it's the loss of the ability to move, sometimes to feel anything. You've lost your emotion. You've lost your heart. In part of most of the body, typically as a result of illness, poison, or injury. The fast, as an example, the fast acting venom causes paralysis, breathing difficulties, and sometimes death. Some similar Words would be immobility, powerlessness, lack of sense sensation, numbness, deadness, incapacity, the inability to act or function in a person, organization, or place. The paralysis gripping the country. The paralysis gripping your family. The paralysis gripping you as a man or woman to move forward. The passage we have put in parentheses, like that verse four, is not any of the greatest and best manuscripts. But it was probably added later as an explanation of what people were doing at the pool. Well, what were they doing at the pool? Beneath the pool was a subterranean stream which every now and again bubbled up and disturbed the waters. The belief was that the disturbance was caused by an angel. And that the first person to get into the pool after the troubling of the water would be healed from any illness from which he or she was suffering. And, um, you know, the Old Old Testament and the New Testament, which, by the way, in this day and age, everything had, like, a spirit behind it. Everything. You walked, and the wind, it started raining. Oh, that's an evil spirit. (laughs) Someone coughed weird, and it got on you. That was an evil spirit. People were just, like, super over-spiritual because... They saw evil spirits left and right, people demon-possessed all the time. That's why in Jesus' ministry, he was constantly casting out demons because it was very live and well. If you were to go to Africa today, it is no hidden secret. There are witch doctors. There are demon-possessed people. It's it's not even like a question. It's just real. And so some of these people were so spiritual, and, and we don't blame them, right, like They were sick and they were hoping and believing that something could cure them and heal them. And so when the water would bubble, oh, it was an angel that did this. So if I could just get in the water when it bubbles first, I'll be healed. But this man couldn't get in the water. He said, I don't have anyone to help me in the water. So look at the verse. Let's go to it. It says, Do you want to get well? You know what the response was? Not, yes, Jesus, I want that right now. You know what he says? He said, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water stirred. That's not the question Jesus asked him, though. (laughs) Like, no, 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 no. Do you want to get well? Yes or no? You see, sometimes in our life, we love to bring excuses. Man, we are a murmuring, complaining bunch sometimes, myself included. It's my confession this morning. Where we we just get in such a rut where it seems like the walls are closing in on our life. And the first response that we have is not, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to go the distance. I'm going to fight this thing through. Oftentimes, our innate human response is to complain. God, why would you do this to me? Why would you make this happen? And the question Jesus asks you this morning is, Hey, first and foremost, do you want to get well? And your response should either be yes, no. I can't stand, by the way, some of you are going to be like, I'll never say that around Sam. This is just my, my frustration sometimes. When someone says, sure, I'm like, hey, Kel, do you want to go get coffee? Sure. I'm like, it's either yes or no. It's like, yes, I do, or no, I don't. Not sure. Sure means, like, I don't really know. What do you mean, Sure. I see you, Kel. I thought you were here, but you are back there. So, so it's not a sure response. I mean, if you're sick, paralyzed, you can't even move. You've been laying on a mat, which is your bed, day in and day out for 38 years, by the way. And someone asks you, do you want to get well? The response is, well, no one will let me in the water, Jesus that's not what he asks and you know what that tells me this is the danger of paralysis when you live in it long enough you become it when you sit in it long enough it gets a grip of you of you it paralyzes you the enemy did exactly what he wanted to do it's like what we talked about in ephesians the foothold it's a foothold It's an open door. It's an open wound. It's an open avenue for the enemy to get in to your thoughts and your mind and to lie to you. You'll never get in the pool. You'll never get healed. You'll never be well. You'll never finish college. You'll never get married. You'll never, you just add in the blank. And yet that's just not true. But you know what happens? You will think about it so so many times that now, Yeah, now you're the one getting in the way because of paralysis. That's what paralysis does. It makes us stuck. And by the way, God didn't do that. Can we just be clear on that, please? God didn't make you stuck. You made you stuck. You believe the lie to be stuck. All you got to do is get up. All you got to do is go the distance. Now, Obviously, theologically, what's happening here is John, remember, John is revealing the divinity and the power and the miraculous of Jesus that he is, in fact, God. And so John is showing that Jesus, he heals the sick. So let us not miss this piece in biblical due diligence that this man was sick for 38 years. Some scholars would say it was also an allegory, which I don't, yes, but it still happened that it was an echo of 38 years of the men and women in the wilderness. If you go back, I believe it's, it's either Deuteronomy, that they were in the wilderness before they got into the promised land for 38 years to be exact. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, man, am I like that guy or that girl? Like just do like some inventory just right now. Just think about it for a second. Am I Putting myself in spaces where God said, what are you doing? So if Jesus were to come to you today on whatever issue you're going through, because we're going through a lot. Life is hard. There's so much suffering. But if he were to come to you and say, hey, do you want to be free from this bondage? Do you want to be free from this brokenness? Do you want to break free from the paralysis? I hope your response wouldn't be, "Uh." It's someone else's fault or no one else really helped me or you know I didn't have a teacher or I didn't have a mentor or I didn't have someone to walk with me or I didn't have a dad or you know I didn't have a family and, and it wasn't I it wasn't whatever the excuse could be that's complaining and murmuring I would hope your response would be yeah I want to be healed what, what do you got for me Jesus I'm all in I'm ready to go the distance I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to, to, to do something different. I'm ready to change what I'm doing now so that it can create a new and better and revitalizing future. I'm so, so tired of being stuck. Does anyone feel like you just, maybe in seasons of my life, this is my confession, I just have felt stuck. Like, why am I stuck? And it's like, well, it's not God. He might be putting you through something. But look deeper. Ask God to show you, to reveal to you what it is that he's trying to teach you. Because he's always up to something in your life. He doesn't want you stuck forever. He didn't want, let me prove it to you. Because some of you might be like, I'm even telling myself, well, that's not true. Well, 38 years, 40 years in the wilderness, did, did God want that for the Israelites? Absolutely not. If we were to pull up a geographical map, it shouldn't have taken them that long. So they were stuck. They were stuck with paralysis. Jesus began by asking the man if he wanted to be cured. Simply put, do you want to get well? It was not so foolish a question as it may sound. The man had waited 38 years, right? But he was, had, and it might have been that hope had died and left behind a passive and dull despair. In his heart of hearts, the man might be well content to remain that way. That's the other thing. Let's talk about that some of us get so comfortable with the mat that we make it our home. We get so comfortable with, if I can say it like this, we get comfortable with comfortability. With just, this is, it's, I'm good here. Like, don't mess, don't don't even touch that. Like, I'm good. Leave me alone. I'm living a happy, cookie-cutter Christian life, and I don't want anyone disrupting it. And, and so the problem with that is, well, you'll never grow because you have to be pushed. You have to be called to more. You have to develop the gifts that God has given you for his kingdom and for his glory. You have to be willing to push back against the darkness. And so if we just get comfortable doing what we're doing and not stretching and not growing, we will never grow out of paralysis. Some of us actually can get comfortable in that place. He might have grown accustomed to his disability, being able to leave the working and the worrying to somebody else. Paralysis will stop you and it will hold you hostage. The enemy will paralyze us if we are not certain about what? Our identity. Who we are as a son or as a daughter. The enemy can paralyze disciples of Jesus spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationship, and relationally. All types of myriads come from this paralysis. It's sin. It's failure. It's fear. The past, shame, religious condemnation, self-pity, victimization mentality, poverty, horrible thoughts, abuse, broken relationships, unforgiveness, and unbelief, and the list goes on and on. And that's how he gets you. The first essential towards receiving the power of Jesus is to have an intense desire for it. Super simple, right? Like, do you want to move forward out of your paralysis? Well, how hungry are you? You want to go the distance? How hungry are you when you just keep going and keep going and keep going and you feel as though your body is going to fail you? Can you keep going? Can you keep getting back up when you get knocked down? Because, by the way, you will get knocked down. People will bother you and upset you and say things about you, and you just have to be willing to get back up. So what is, what is the scripture teaching us? Oh, you're going you're gonna to fall. I mean, I could just show you every character in the scripture. They have some way, somehow failed or made a mistake or messed up. But you know the difference with the men of faith, and if, men and women of faith, if you read the book of Hebrews, is they just kept getting up. They just kept moving forward. And so they didn't get in the way of God. God wanted to unleash his power on them. But they had to be faithful to persevere and to get through and to show up and to just get in the game and stay the distance. Jesus says, do you really want to be changed In our inmost hearts, we are well content to stay as we are. There can be no change for us. Get up, Jesus tells the man. Get up and pick up your mat and walk. It is as if he said to him, man, woman, bend your will to it, and you and I will do this thing together. The power of God never dispenses with human effort. Please hear me. The power of God never dispenses with human effort. Nothing is truer than that we must realize our helplessness. Can we just be honest? <laughs> I, I'm nothing without God. I'm like nothing, period. But what happens is we try to think our gifts get us there or our gifts can get us through. Or our, our charisma or as the, <laughs> the riz, right? Right? I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> when you get in the way of you, there's a problem, right? So get up. All right, here it is. But, okay, so we have to realize our helplessness. You got that? We're all helpless. Sorry. Good morning. We're all helpless. Now, in a real, very real sense, it is true that miracles happen when our will and God's power cooperate to make it possible. Let me prove it to you in scripture. This man was willing to say, yeah, I want that. And God said, fine, you're ready. You're ready. I know so many types of individuals that are so callous to the things of God. They don't want anything to do with God. They actually understand God, love God, but they're like kind of hesitant of the power of God. And unfortunately, I've seen it over and over and over where they don't experience it because there's no expectation they're not expectant of it. You ought to be hungry for it. That's when God releases his power and his grace and does something great in your life because it's faith that pleases God. Not paralysis, not, not taking a step back and doing nothing. It's faith that provokes God over and over and over again in the New Testament. We see that. Thank you, Grandma Liz. There are so many things in this world which defeat us. When we have intensity of desire and determination to make the effort, hopeless though it may seem, the power of Christ gets its opportunity. With him, we can conquer the things for a long time. That We can conquer the things that have conquered us for a very long time. We step into his power. So my friend, get up. Get up. Stop. You're laying there too long. You're laying there, and it's not God anymore. It's you, and it's been 38 years, and you've been complaining too long. Get get, get up, man. God wants to heal you, but you keep making excuse for it. Just get up. Just lean in. Stop playing it safe. Dream again. Breathe again. Have faith again. Understand that the power of God is real, but you got to be hungry for it. you got to be thirsty for the things of God. So walk in your your new identity. You are defined by what God already did for you. Here it is. The cross, the empty tomb, the upper room, his blood, his word. We are the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell shall not, can not, and will not ever prevail against us. You are above all a born again, blood washed, spirit empowered, devil rebuking. Demon binding, atmosphere shifting, righteousness pursuing, child of the living God. So stop playing it safe and get up. Walk in your identity. Walk in your newness. Walk in the things that God has called you to. Don't pick up another man's calling. Don't pick up another woman's calling. You are uniquely crafted and created to do the things that God has called you to do. But you keep getting in the way of you because you're not willing to go the distance with God. Who said it was going to be easy? I'm not trying to, like, motivate you, but, like, this is motivating, man. Come on. I want want you to be empowered. I'm tired of the enemy, honestly. Like, it seems like it's it's every year, multiple times, of another somebody committing suicide, another somebody giving up their life, another somebody laying low and saying, I'm done. I'm so sick of the enemy doing that. When will a church rise up? and lean in and help another man or another woman. When will we stop getting in the way of us because we think it's about us? It's not about you. It's about the man or woman that's broken, the marriage that's devastated. It's about the thing that God can do through you because you are the light of the world. And God has said, will you just partner with me? Stop getting in the way of me. You're, per- you're laying down. Woe is me victimizing when all of the world around you is broken. And I've called you and empowered you. So when will you just get up? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. I love that part. He had no idea. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple because it was custom when you would get healed, when you would get cleansed, when you would something there was a chance, you would go to the temple to be purified. So he knew where he would find him. So Jesus goes to the temple. See, you are well again. And here it is. You want you want the, the challenger part? Welcome to church. Here it is. Stop sinning. Or something worse will happen to you. In this day and age, theologians will argue this all day long, that when people get sick or there was an illness or there was a disease or something was wrong with their body or their physical appearance, anything, that it was because of sin. And so there are many times where Jesus has made it clear this is not a sin thing. This is just like the world is broken thing. But this particular instance, he tells this man, stop sinning. I wonder what he was doing that was getting in the way. And so this is where the conversation gets really uncomfortable. Worship, you guys can come on up. This is where it starts to get really uncomfortable, but we got to talk about it. Are you good with that? (laughs) When we step into the things that God wants for us, How dare us think that we're not going to be challenged by opposition, by the enemy. And sin comes because a particular desire that is bent in the way of the world. And so you have to be careful. You have to be on guard. You have to put on, as Paul says in Ephesians, the armor of God. Why? Because it's not if, but when. The darts of the enemy will come against you and your family. And so what Jesus is after in the stop sinning part is all of us will sin. I hate to break it to you, but you're probably going to sin later today. You're like, Pastor, why would you say that? (laughs) Well, we're just, we're innately really, really evil people. And so it's a white lie. It's a small gesture. It's getting angry at our wife because of X, Y, and Z, or angry at our husband. Sometimes it gets bigger. And those things, you're like, man, I got to do better. Darn it. Ah, that was frustrating. I got to, and Jesus loves that, by the way. That's why his grace is sufficient for you. But you know what he's not okay with is when you're sinning over and over again over and over again it's like that song but like put the think about the sin part over and it's like man like how like how many times over and over like you know what I mean that's what gets in the way that's what gets in the way friend so oftentimes it is the enemy yes but it's also you it's also you that just keep getting in the way and you have to come to grips with whatever quote sin is in your life that is a habit now. That is almost like a ritual where you have convinced yourself this is okay. And I can can promise you via the scripture that this will crush you. Might not happen today or tomorrow but eventually what sin does, it's like a venomous snake And it will grip you and grip you and tighten you until everything around you is broken. Everything around you is filled with despair. Until you say, all right, I'm not doing that. I'm helpless. I need your power, God. I need your grace, God. I need your life in me. So here's the call to more to every one of us. Stop sinning. Stop living below your calling. Stop laying on your mat. Stop murmuring when you know who you are in Christ. Stop playing the victim because this mindset will bring paralysis. Stop thinking too small. Think bigger. Jesus heals this man. Now he calls him to more. That's what he does, by the way. He always knows there's more in us. Stop living This old life and walk in the new life. So pick up your bed and your mat. Because this was his bed, by the way. He laid in it every day for 38 years. I wonder if Jesus told this man to carry his mat so that it would be a reminder of who he was and now who he is. A testimony. That's what your testimony is, by the way oh, I'm not that man anymore. Let me tell you who he was, but let me tell you who I am. So Jesus says, I want you to pick up your mat and I want you to take this with you. And I wonder what in your life you need to let go of so that that one thing can become a testimony in your life. God wants to use all of those tests and turn it into a story for you. To be a witness for everyone around him This man used to lay on his bed, on his mat. Now he carries it. So what used to hold you down this morning, my encouragement to you, is you have to conquer it. You have to overcome it. What in your life is holding you down? To where you need to say, I'm going to go the distance in this. I'm tired of falling short. I'm tired of letting this thing beat me down. I'm just going to keep getting back up. That's the difference, by the way, is you will fall. You will make mistakes. You will fall short, but can you get back up? Or do you just throw in the towel? That's why I love Rocky. He wouldn't give up, man. (laughs) Like, what the heck? He's just And then the music starts going, and that's when it's over. When he's in the ring and the music turns on, it's game on. Because something internally turns on within all of us. It's like that phenomenon called second wind. Have you heard of it? Where you could be running, right? There's runners in the room. You're like, running. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. And all of a sudden, you get this second wind. You're like, I got the energy to get through this. Well, can I propose that the Spirit of God continues to give you wind after wind after wind after wind. And he gets you through the storm. He doesn't get you around the storm he gets you through it because you have to go the distance you have to grow you have to develop you have to be willing to take the hits is that not what life is man just keep getting hit I keep getting hit I keep getting hit even in my own life I'm like what is I keep getting hit and I just that's just how God talks to me through my experience, he's like, you got, you got to pick up your second wind, son. I'm like, yeah, you're right, God. Hey, go the distance. Hey, Sam, show up. I'm with you. That's the way God talks to me. That's the way that he motivates me and he pushes me and he calls me. Don't you dare give up. You know how many times I want to give up? A lot. How many times you want to give up in your life when it gets really, really hard? And you just want to throw in the towel. Well, paralysis must end today in your life. That's your choice, by the way. It has to end. It must end. You have to be willing to say, it's done. I'm not playing that game anymore with the enemy. I'm not giving him a foothold no longer. I will not keep sinning in this cycle, in these habits. It ends today. Will you stand with me? God, I just, uh, I come before you, Lord, for every person in this room. And I just pray, Lord, that you would do a work in your people. Uh, Lord, maybe there's people in the room that just need to be reminded and they just need a community to say, we got your back. We're with you. Um, Lord, I just pray, I just pray, God, that you would, you would do something right now in this room. Even right now, God, throughout this conversation, this message, there are things that have popped up into your sons and daughters' minds. Maybe it's a conviction. Maybe it's an encouragement. Maybe it's a comfort. Whatever it is, Lord, you're calling them to something, And I just pray, God, that whatever it is that you want to do in their life, that they would not resist it anymore and that they would embrace it.